Hey everybody, welcome to Spiritual Side Notes. Uh, this is where Haley and I talk about different things we're going through in life or talking through, working through in our spiritual journey. And so we just want to invite you into the conversation. So we hope that this conversation spurs on another conversation for you or encourages you, um, inspires you, whatever, challenges you um, in your spiritual life and, and uh, growth journey. So... Um, we are, for those who haven't listened before, we are two pastors in West Michigan, and we are coming to you from our closet out here in the, the West yep. Michigan area. Yep. Yep. So tonight we are going to be breaking down a passage. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually really excited. We've had a lot of conversations around uh, really the topic of the passage, so to speak, on the last, I don't know, little while in our marriage and family, so... Yeah, why don't you uh, jump into it, babe? Okay, so I'm going to read from an ESV version, which is the English Standard Version. Um, so for those who are new to Bible study, there, one, the Bible wasn't written in English. It was written in Hebrew. There's some Aramaic and Greek. So it is translated into English, and we have various translations from the original languages into English. Hence why you get different versions, English standard version is what I'm reading, different versions. Different um, versions try to capture the nuances of the original language. Different versions try to word for word just translate exactly what each word is saying without the nuances of what the culture would be saying or what that specific Jewish phrase might mean. So... I would actually encourage people to go out and look at different versions Mm. and compare them, read them side by side. It's actually fascinating um, to be able to do that. I am reading from Luke 9, verses 23 to 25. We just studied this in our fourth and fifth grade room at Mm. the church. I have two jobs as a pastor. Half of my job is to be the fourth and fifth grade pastor. Um, So my kiddos just recited this today. So um, it's kind of where this podcast originated in the sense that uh, about five weeks ago, um, a little over five weeks ago, I was studying this passage to be able to walk them through why we had chosen to memorize this passage for the series we were in. And it just, um, as Shay said, we have been in discussions over this topic for a while, but it's just been kind of wrecking my life (laughs) Um, the last five weeks. So we wanted to talk about it today. Luke 9, 23 to 25. And he, Jesus, said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? That first part that says, if anyone would come after me, other versions say, if anyone wants to be my disciple, Mm -hmm. um, if that helps anyone understand what come after me might entail. Uh, It means following after Jesus. So I just first wanted to kind of like walk through some of the brief historical context of what I was studying. And I didn't do an extensive amount of study on this. I I read one commentary and potentially part of another one. I honestly can't remember Um, that if you lived in this part of the world where Rome ruled, they had perfected torture and crucifixion was part of the perfection of torture. And crucifixion was saved, I guess, for criminals. It was for murderers and people who um, had just done, like, really awful things. I, I, Do you know if it was, like, any criminal at all? Like, if you stole bread sort of thing? Or was it reserved for those who were, like, the worst criminals? Um, I mean, it was kind of like they had a judicial system like we do that they had, they were either found guilty or not guilty and then given a sentence. So um, it was, I mean, it it was obviously a harsher sentence. So it wasn't just like, 
Like anybody would be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they still had people who were imprisoned and things of that nature um, without crucifixion. So. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying. Um, I've just never done specific study on that part before, mm. so I didn't want to misspeak. Um, so think about that with the fact that our Savior, who was perfect, was mm-hmm. given the harshest sentence. But they perfected torture. And if you were to die on a cross, they made you carry your cross, or at least the horizontal beam of the cross mm-hmm. yourself. If you were carrying a beam of a cross, you knew you were going to die. There was no turning back. This was the end. So no one would willingly pick up a cross. That's not logical to the parts of our human flesh that are saying, like, save yourself, (laughs) you know, fight or flight. Um, So the oddity that Jesus would tell someone to voluntarily pick up their cross would have been a bit Mm mind-boggling. So this already began to, like, stir something in me as I was researching like okay picking up my cross like I have heard this verse not kidding probably my entire life because I was blessed to grow up in the church and not until five weeks ago as I was studying it in particular did it start to break down in a certain way inside of me that I was like what does it mean what does it actually mean to pick up my cross well first it means I'm doing it voluntarily no one is telling me to do it. No one's forcing me to do it in the way that the Romans were forcing people to carry their crosses. This was a voluntary, I am picking up my cross and denying yourself, meaning I'm walking to my self-death. Hmm. So if you pick up your cross every day to follow Jesus, you know you're going to die to yourself, or at least that's the direction you're headed. You can set it down if you want, but if you want to come after Christ— If you want to do what he has called you to do, and he's saying this before he's died on the cross, which is fascinating for them, like them who are listening and us who are able to read and look back and see that he was telling his followers to do something that he was going to do. Hmm. He's the kind of leader that's going to do what he tells you to do or asks you to do. And when I say tells you, I mean, he's exhorting us in the direction that we should go if we want to live life everlasting. Um, it's not a you a demand, like you have to do this, but we have free will and this choice that says like every day I can voluntarily die to myself and run after Christ. Mm. And honestly, I don't, I don't even know if I want to say run because if I'm carrying a cross, I'm probably not moving very fast, which mm. is exactly how I feel in my life. I am not good at dying to myself, which is mm. one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this. Um, So pick up your cross daily, deny yourself, come after me. And the daily part also would have been um, kind of a like ding, ding, ding to someone that he's not telling people to actually pick up Mm. the cross because you can't die every day. Yeah. But you can spiritually die like every day. I can choose to die to my flesh every day. So he was metaphorically speaking as we can like look back and see. Um, because of the daily thing that this every day is going to be a process of me voluntarily picking up my cross, which means picking up, uh, I picking up your death, like picking up your self death and going after Jesus and the cross. I think, well, maybe I should pause here. What else do you think the cross like represents? You mean as far as symbolism? Yeah, yeah. Um, like for us, what would it mean to? I mean, ultimately, I think it it represents selfishness. Mm. That you are crucifying, like you've been saying, you've been. Uh, how have you been wearing it? Your self self death is that what mm-hmm. you've been saying? Um, but you've been you crucify the the selfish, human sinful part of you that wants to do the things that um, are. The antithesis. Oh my goodness. Antithesis. And that that was yeah that was not gonna be good. Um, that go against what God's will is for your life. Um, so it, it's just any of those things. And when I think of like even like the reason for the cross for criminals was a punishment for actions that they had committed, right? Wrong wrongdoings or breaking the law. And so for us, it's this 
what's the thing that's that is the breaking of God's law? That's the thing that we have to die to. That's the part that we have to crucify these things. And thankfully, Jesus died physically for us that we don't have to, and our freedom is is in Him. But we have to choose to still kill those things that are in us that would lead us away from God. Um, and we have to put to death those things mm-hmm. um, so that we can walk in the freedom that Christ already physically, tangibly d- died and rose again for. Thanks. That's fantastic. And when I heard this passage in my head, I always saw myself carrying my cross by myself. Hmm. But when I paired that with what Jesus talks about when he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. Yoke yourself to me. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and he's gentle in spirit and humble in heart. Or is it humble in spirit, gentle in heart? Either way, he's humble and And gentle. gentle. And he yokes himself to us and leads us in the way that we should go. Where if I put those together, I realized he's already carried the cross. Mm. He's done it. And he helps me bear, like bear mine. Yeah, I have to choose to pick it up every day, but even that I believe is given. Like I'm given the power to do that by the Holy Spirit, because on my own, my flesh would not pick up that cross. And e- like the just straight up battle between my flesh and my spirit, and mm. picking up my cross every day, has been so real, which is really what I wanted to talk about in regards to this passage today. Um, so we'll circle back around to that super soon. Um, there was another part I wanted to touch on. Oh, the whole, whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Where there's so often this, this part of our flesh versus our spirit that's happening as in like it's happening all the time that if I try to save my life here on earth, filling it with all of the things I think will fill me, I'm going to lose the eternal battle. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say it that way. I mean, Jesus says you'll lose your life if you try to save it here. Um, Shoot, I'm trying to remember. There was something specific that I read about this in the commentary that I thought was fantastically put. Mm, Sorry, y'all. It's eluding me right now. But the idea that what we think is important in our flesh is not. And pushing against... Man, just pushing against into places where if I lose my life here which means I'm going to be pushing against everything that the world is saying is okay. I'm going to be pushing against people I love, but that I that disagree with me or that I disagree with because I'm pursuing truth. Or I'm going to be pushing against um, not consuming more, not fighting for my rights, not um, trying to do the next bigger, best, better thing so that I feel good about myself. Like losing my life in those ways so that I'm gaining my actual life in Christ, this, this eternal life that he wants us to have with him that I don't, am I making sense? It has been a long week y'all and my mental state is not awesome. So I feel like I'm not making sense. No, you are. Do you have anything else to like, can you put that into words better than what I'm trying to say? No, I feel like you're saying it. It just feels like you're straining over the words. Like you mm. don't think you're saying it, but you are actually it's saying probably it. probably because so. I'm not saying what I want to say based on what I read. And I just can't remember it because it felt so profound to me. They're like, oh yeah, all these things I'm trying to do mm-hmm. to make my life something yep. here yep. actually just don't matter eternally. Well, and it's, yeah, it's thinking... It's thinking about the upside down kingdom or the reverse kingdom, or if you've heard any of those phrases before, um, and trying to reframe the kingdom with which we view um, this world through. Because if we're viewing it of, you know, kind of the cultural YOLO, okay, I got Mm -hmm. got one chance at it, so let's live it up. 
Um, I'm going to do whatever I can to, mm-hmm. to get to the top of the ladder quicker, to get and consume all that I can, to experience all that I can and have every experience known to man. Um, just gain all I can, get, I, get all I can, be, be all I can type of mentality then like you're looking at this world through this lens but like when we have a heavenly lens when we have the the upside down kingdom in mind then that causes us to really view this life not as a means to an end but as a kind of like um uh training ground Mm -hmm. in a way of like we were made for this life don't get me wrong like i think that god created things to be beautiful just so we can enjoy their beauty like i think that's why he he created certain things like sunrises and sunsets or, or canyons or mountains. Um, I think he was just like being creative when Mm. he created those things and we get to enjoy his creativity. Um, but like in a lot of ways, if we're viewing this life, we will understand that if we lose this life, if there are things in this life that we do not gain, we don't get ahead. We don't get Mm. the earthly riches. We don't get, um, earthly fame. We lose those things, therefore, to gain relationships and to gain um, things in in our, uh, like, building up our equity in heaven. As Jesus says, you know, where um, don't store up your treasures on earth, where thieves break and steal and moth destroys, but store up your treasures on heaven, um, where thieves do not break and steal and where moth do, does not destroy. And so, like, really chasing after mm. um, a heavenly mindset and a, heaven, a heavenly aim that, like, we don't have to have it all. We don't have to play the comparison game. We don't have to covet other people. We don't have to backstab to get ahead of others. Like, um, But if we actually die to our earthly, fleshly selves, to that um, desire to gain this life, um, then we will experience the fullness of life and we will gain eternity in a new way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what you're meaning, but that's what I was getting from what you were trying to say. Well, it did bring back um, uh, what I was trying to think of, so Mm -hmm. it was helpful. But a part of really gaining your life slash denying yourself and pick up your cross and dying every day is living an others-centered life, Mm, surrendered under who Christ is. Because this, like, trying to save my life here on earth is a me-centered life Mm -hmm. how can i protect myself how can i gain more for myself and if you just stop and think about it what are if if you look at your actions and the actions that if we were truly honest about what was actually um sin and not what we justify as like oh this is okay Mm -hmm. i would argue not even argue i would just state that the basis of all of those things is pride or selfishness. You, like you trying to make yourself better or um, trying to be good enough or you wanting to feel a certain way. Hence why dying to ourselves is so hard because it's so easy to want to live for myself. and Or go back to the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. A, a part of the first sin was... <laughs> trying to be God in our own lives, Mm -hmm. the lowercase g kind of God that knows good and evil, that we are made to be in relationship with the almighty God. We're made to be in surrender to him, but our flesh wants to fight to be him. And that's not what we were created for. And so when we make ourselves the center of our life, we will come up wanting and we will end up losing a lot. So this others-centered life is what we're called to if we want to come after Jesus. So this is kind of the pursuit that I I feel like we've been in more tangibly. I mean, we even had a podcast several weeks ago about neighbors. Like we talked about Mm -hmm. neighbors and um, my neighbors have just been on my heart for quite some time. And I don't know, probably it's around the 4th of July week. The week before, so probably just like three weeks ago, I finally went to each of our immediate neighbors and like dropped something off because it had just been like on my heart to do. But I always had a reason Mm -hmm. why, like I want all of us to go or now Athelia's throwing a two hour fit. So so we can't go. So I put the kids to bed. Um, Shay left to go fishing or something. And I took the monitor with me and I just walked to like 
each of their houses. Because I was, like, within, I mean, I'm within feet of our home, right? So I can, like, run back if the kids woke up or whatever. Um, I'm just saying that for all of you out there who are like, oh, my gosh. Like, it's all right. <laughs> but it was it was powerful. I just needed to be able to drop something and say hello. And that was the beginning of this not beginning, I actually feel like God had been talking to us about being hospitable for quite some time, but it was right in the middle of learning about radical hospitality by actually doing it, Um, making our lives an open door. And that doesn't mean that there aren't boundaries, y'all, but it does mean that as humanity, we're meant to be in community, as the body of Christ, we're meant to be in each other's lives. And it's so easy to stay at a distance because I want to have something together or I don't want to spend money on food or I don't want to invite someone into my home when it's not clean, dot, 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 come up with all the reasons, or we're just so busy. But if we're actually going to be in each other's lives, or if you actually look at the life of Christ, he took time away to pray and be alone with the father, but his life was lived with other people. Mm-hmm. It was an other centered life. He was the God of the universe and died for us. He lived an others centered life. And we're called to do the same. And truly, that's where I'm finding the most fulfillment in life. But it's the hardest thing I've ever done to live in a place where I'm surrendering myself to Jesus, picking up my cross, my selfishness, and dying to myself every day. Dying to yourself sucks. (laughs) It sucks. It's so hard. Like when I want to just be irritable and frustrated because my kids are honestly just straight up messing with my plans for the day. They're not doing anything wrong. They're just being kids. That's me acting selfish. Um, when I'm wanting to like retreat and stay home because I feel tired, but my friends need me because they're going through loss. Like really what my spirit wants is to be there. My flesh says I should take a nap and truly picking up my cross in that moment and saying like, God will give me what I need. I need to die to myself and the desire to stay home or to protect myself because every time I succumb to that, I come up wanting and I feel worse and all it Mm. does. John Bell at our church, he's one of the pastors there, spoke about this this weekend. It just weakens your resolve when Mm. you give in. Yeah. It doesn't satiate that desire to like be whatever, to have whatever, to stay away from whatever. It just weakens your resolve when you give in to temptation, sin, selfishness, self. Um, I feel like I could keep talking, but I feel like you should say something. Oh, um, I mean, I feel like you're on a roll. So are you (laughs) wanting me to add something? (laughs) Awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anything to add? I know I can keep talking for a long time, so I want to give you space to. Uh, I don't think really anything any different. Like, like we said, we've been having conversation around this and um, what you're saying is kind of right where, where I'm at. So I don't want to be, I don't want to be redundant. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's dying to self is really, really difficult and, and actually choosing, um, to do the thing that, um, you know, you should do, or your spirit's leading you to do, or Holy Spirit's convicting you to do, um, even though it goes against your natural gut reaction or your fleshly, like, I want to do this. Um, I actually met with my accountability partner, I think it was last week. And, um, a perfect example for me was, um, I've been I've been actually sleeping on the couch downstairs, um, not because Haley and I are having arguments, but because um, I'm actually trying to help Haley get some sleep. So I've been waking up with Hagen with the monitor downstairs so that she doesn't have to wake up in the middle of the night for like a week straight. And um, and I was just every night I would like just watch this show, The West Wing. And um, I was just like talking through it with him. Like, I don't know what it is, but I'm realizing like I'm doing that every single night and I can't tell if it's like an avoidance thing. Like I don't want to go to bed or if it's like a weird coping mechanism. Like um, I don't love sleeping alone. Like I remember even in college, me and my college roommate would like pillow talk or whatever. Like we just would go to bed at the same time. And then we kind of like talk for five minutes and then go to bed. Like I just, I haven't liked going to bed ever since college by myself and so like um anytime Haley's gone or whatnot I'll usually stay up too late because I just don't like going to bed um so I don't know if it's that or what but um I told he was like asking me some questions and I was like I just think it's I just need to either go to bed and actually get rest because my body needs rest or it's things like reading um and uh and not watching a show so like that's a perfect 
practical mm. daily example for me of like, it's just really easy when I'm tired to be like, ah, let me watch the show that I really enjoy. Um, it's really witty and, and, um, almost informative like pseudo informative yeah pseudo informative i mean like government classes in college have watched this show so it's like it's pretty informative but um anyways it's just really intriguing great character development i really enjoy it but um but choosing to do the thing that like i need to do for my soul for my my body rather than escaping whether that's avoiding going to bed or whatever it might be um and and just making the hard decision dying to the natural desire to be like oh this is fun i deserve this quote unquote Mm -hmm. um and actually saying no i need this or um actually praying about it Mm -hmm. like that's something too that like um i've been trying to do in general it's just like Anytime I do anything, just like praying, especially like if it's something that like aligns with the heart of God, you know, like that's something that can be kind of more naturally easy to be like, yes, God wants you to love on this person. Like, um, but how to do that doesn't always look the same. And so we got to pray through like, okay, God, what, what do you want me to do in this scenario? Um, but just trying to practically pray through all of these different things and decisions of like, okay, God, what do you, what do you have for me? Um, so especially when it's something that's more like, um, could be restful, but could be lazy too, or, or could be selfish, um, rather than serving. And so just praying through with God, like, God, is it okay if I watch, if I watch an episode, like, do, do I need to rest or am I going to be folding laundry anyway? And, and that's okay. Like that's, that's a, an activity I can do um, that's fun and engaging and whatever, but um, just truly trying to pray through everything. So that's my long mm-hmm. explanation of a uh, practical thing of just like something really small that I was just like dealing with the last mm-hmm. week. Like why, why am I doing that? Mm-hmm. So I feel like we're habitual, like we're made to be habitual creatures. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you look at the seasons, right? Like the seasons rotate, but it's always the same season that comes back around like that same time the next year. Like there's, there's just this repetitive part of creation, but it never looks the same. If that makes sense. Like the same thing is happening, but it's um, a different leaf this time on the tree. Mm. Right. So I think we are created in a similar fashion where God is constantly wanting to grow and transform us, pruning things off, making new things grow. Um, and that's a cycle, a habitual th- thing. And by, I don't know if I want to use the word habitual there. Um, our habits can affect and infect the way that that happens in our lives. Mm-hmm. Either the habitual <laughs> dying to yourself every day. And the more we do that, I think it becomes easier to choose, maybe not easier to do, but as you live in surrendering and sacrificing yourself to live an other centered life, surrendered under Christ, and you experience the positive consequences of that, even if it's hard to choose to do it because of your flesh, you want in your spirit to do it because you know what it will reap mm-hmm. um, without knowing what leaf that will be, if that makes sense. Because I know inside this is where true fulfillment comes. I don't know what kind of fruit this will bear necessarily. I don't know what person it will touch. I don't know what seeds it will plant. I don't know. I don't know any of that, but I know if I obey, that's all that matters Mm -hmm. because that is where I am like in union with God and the Holy spirit who is leading me and talking to me. And it could be as simple to someone as saying hello to someone who's walking by you or starting a conversation with someone at the park who is also there with their kids or the kids you're nannying, you know, if you're there or an elderly person who's sitting on a bench just by themselves, but you feel this stirring to say hello and start a conversation that might feel awkward to you. That might feel small to you, but you have no idea if that's just you needing to be obedient or what it might speak to that person, what they need to hear that day. If they just need to know they're seen, Um, And how God wants to use us as his hands and feet in the world to truly like love his people the way that he loves his people. So I think I've, I've been overwhelmed specifically over the last five weeks at the amount of selfishness that has existed and still exists in my life. Like I had no idea how selfish I lived my life. Like Mm -hmm. everything was about me. And I don't mean that word to be overly dramatic. I genuinely, as I think back through things like 
at the core of what I did was ultimately about me. I'm feeling just in this fresh season of actual surrender where I'm doing things genuinely for Jesus and not perfectly and not all the time, but where I'm actually seeing, man, I was doing that for me. I was wanting to be a good friend to receive a good friend. For the director of music. <laughs> I was Shade looking up um, a passage and my <laughs> audio Bible automatically started. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> um, and it's hard for me to put into words because one, y'all don't need to listen to me like go through every like season of my life as to how I was being selfish but I just have genuinely realized the amount of decisions I made out of the selfish parts of me that like my flesh wanted to do this, or it just it was a habit to do it. So I continued to do it where I, let's say the show example, it's not necessarily wrong to watch a show. I think the shows we can pick to watch could be wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I believe there's also the, okay, if, if this show isn't in and of itself, morally wrong but my the way I'm engaging with that I have not surrendered to Jesus and I haven't asked what he wants me to use my time for I'm just doing it out of a habit I think that's when it becomes something that it wasn't meant to be and God's word says if if we know to us what is wrong and we do it anyway for us it's sin yeah so like for instance I won't watch West Wing I feel I'm not supposed to um, Shay does not feel that way. And I don't sense that, like, I'm not the one to convict you. I don't sense yeah. that you're sinning by watching it yeah. because this is a conviction that God has given me. But if I sat down and watched it just because I wanted to, it would be wrong for me. And it's a part of why I think God has asked me to cut certain things out of my life lately. And because I've cut certain things out of my life, I believe that's how he's in one way been able to reveal to me the amount of selfishness that was mm. in my life because yeah. I started removing things that I was doing just to do, but I wasn't totally at peace with or just in a space where I felt like God was like, you need to not just sit down and watch a show every night because that's what you do or just sit down um, and not just watch one show, but watch two or three. And then, you know, it's like three hours later and you still don't want to go to bed, but you're tired. Like mm -hmm. just the, the um, spark it sends off in our lives that domino affect every other part of what we do because we just used some of our time to do that thing. We only have the amount of time we're given. We have no idea how long that is. I've been so reminded of that the last couple of weeks. We have no idea how long our life is. And what we're doing with our time is what we're doing with our life. And I want to use mine for the kingdom but man, for the majority of my life, I've wanted to use it for me. I've wanted to be like, I want to leave a legacy. If I die, I want people to know me. If I, I want to be the best pastor, the best mom, the best wife. I want to people to say my name when they're talking. So I know that like I left an impression that was like beneficial. And when I would say those things, I would ultimately have said, it's because I want people to know Jesus and I don't want to like push them away or blah, blah, blah. And ultimately it was about me. Like yeah. I wanted to feel good mm -hmm. or like I was pursuing Jesus the right way instead of actually just pursuing Jesus. Yeah. So as I'm living in this new space, it is, ah, oh, pushing against my flesh is the hardest thing I've ever done. Pushing against feelings is the hardest thing I've ever done. And choosing to do what God calls me to do or asks me to do instead of what my flesh wants. But on the other side of that is great reward. Even if that's just this peace beyond understanding, knowing like, okay, I was not supposed to eat that thing. I was not supposed to binge or purge or um, isolate myself. I was supposed to open my home to those people or these students or do this thing, even if I'm tired, because there's a different kind of, well, God is my strength when I'm weak, first of all. Um, but there's a different kind of restoration that comes or a reprieve that comes when we're in community instead of me just isolating. So I feel like there are lots and lots of habits I could talk through that God has just been graciously stripping from my life. And it's the hardest thing to replace those with something else and to replace it with something else that's actually healthy and beneficial instead of just replacing the face, right? Like replacing watching a TV show with like, just watching YouTube videos instead, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And instead of like, okay, 
um, I'm replacing this with, God, what do you want me to do at this time? Am I going to be reading in your word? Or sometimes instead of watching a show lately, I, I feel like I've been replacing it with listening to a Bible study or listening to a sermon because there's still a part of my brain that feels like I cannot ingest words. Like by reading, I just feel like I cannot mentally comprehend. So coming up with other things in surrender to Jesus and asking the Holy Spirit to talk to me about what it is he does want me to use my time for, I'd much rather, I'm just in this place where even if I don't feel like reading the word, I'd much rather his word permeate me and prepare me for whatever is happening right now or whatever's ahead than, I mean wasting my time if i'm quite honest just Mm. like wasting hours and hours and hours and hours and days of my time so i don't remember if i was going anywhere else with that i've just been so convicted lately about dying to myself and living an other-centered life yeah being present with people asking how i can be generous to someone with my time and my resources and my finances with my home inviting people into our lives and not having to have it put together or figured out or even have a plan. Like, I don't have to have all the right words. I just need to be with people and love them well. So, um, it's hard, y'all. And I partially just wanted to talk about that because I think sometimes as humans, when something is hard, we think we're doing it wrong. Hmm. Or we just want it to feel easy or comfortable. But yeah. That's never Never what Jesus promised. He never said it would be easy and he never said it would be comfortable. Mm. Picking up your cross is not comfortable, but it's what we're called to do every day. If we want to come after him, to follow him, to be his disciple, it's going to be hard. But he yokes himself to us and gives us what we need through the advocate, the helper that we have forever, which is the Holy Spirit, where he, he speaks to us, empowers us, gives us what we need. And don't get me wrong, like I'm not doing this well right now, if I'm quite honest. I feel like I'm still operating a lot out of my own power, especially the last couple, two weeks in particular. I've just, I've experienced more spiritual attack. I've just felt heavier. And then I respond out of old coping mechanisms or honestly just like shutting my kids down because I just want to be able to process mentally. And you guys never stop moving, talking, yelling at me. Pushing, not even each other. Hagen can't push. Um, but like the the space, even that selfishness where I just want things to be quiet and in place so that I can process the way I think I need to process. Where God has just been like uh, so present in that still. And it's interesting because I feel like I can step back and see what's happening now instead of just like doing it and feeling like, oh, I feel overwhelmed. I feel overwhelmed when I try to take control because I'm not in control. So learning to re-surrender and pick up my cross and believe that God will give me what I need, even if I feel like I have nothing left. Um, yeah. Well, and going back to being habitual that you brought up earlier, um, it is, it's almost like annoying that my natural bent for habits are all unhealthy, right? Like, cause we are habitual but like to get to the healthy habitual takes a lot, a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And because we're habitual, the things that we are involved in or um, have the habits we have developed, um, it's really hard to break those. So like not saying like, why can't I do this? Um, you know, when you've only given it a couple of days or a week or whatever, where it's like, it's going to take time. And um, don't get me wrong. Like, I think that the Holy Spirit can in a moment give you the strength or, or the power to like give up a, a bad habit or whatnot. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think that he can do that when you invite him in. Um, but when it comes to things like reading our word every day, um, while I would love for everyone to just start reading their, the Bible every single day, just like on command like yes do this thing like there are other things that you've um, built your life around other habits that are a part of your day and so like it takes work to in um to input or to add a new habit into your life because we only have 24 hours in a day so if you add something into your rhythm you have to take something out Mm -hmm. um it's just logic i don't know it's just uh, the the way time works right like there's no other option um you lose something if you add something else and so really thinking through your life of like what are the things that i need to cut out not just being like oh it'd be good to do that um but actually processing through what you would lose then um even like eating healthy 
you don't lose out on time. But if you eat healthy, if you eat more salads, that means eating less Taco Bell, right? Or drinking less soda or eating less candy, whatever your thing is, right? Like there's a loss there. And so rather than just being like, that's a good idea, I want to do that. And then you get discouraged because you're not um, actually processing through all that it takes and um, taking playing the long game and taking the time that you need to to develop a new habit, a new rhythm, Um like it, you're just going to get frustrated. And so you have to be aware of like adding something to your life is going to cause something else to subtract. And so it's interesting because we're talking about losing your life, mm-hmm. right? But the thing that you're adding to this is your death to yourself. And so you're, you're actually adding death. So it's kind of almost the reverse. You're adding loss. And so what then do you lose and or gain, right? Like what's, what's the, what's the alternative? So choosing to recognize that like, I will die to my earthly self daily now in order to gain life with Jesus and life to the full. Um, even if I don't experience the offset right mm-hmm. away, right? Like that, that will take time to allow the fruits of the spirit to mm-hmm. um, dwell inside of me and then come out of me. Um, uh, the changes that happen from getting rid of sinful habits and how that can literally affect the chemical molecular structure of our brains Mm -hmm. in order to allow us to experience more clarity of thought or focus or energy or joy or peace or whatever. Like um, just allowing that time and that process to take place rather than just getting frustrated immediately. But but habits are extremely, extremely difficult to change. Um, And this one is one of the hardest of Mm. the habit of dying to ourselves. And I I call it a habit because like you were talking about, like it is every single day. Um, But when you like pair, there's so many different verses that like when you just like look at them um, all together at the same time, they just like pair really well. Like I think of um, dying dying every day and picking up your cross every day. But then um, the scriptures also say that his mercies are new every morning. And so like, Mm. there's this rhythm of like, well, okay, God, your, your mercies are new. And there's this rhythm of life that like, I start my day over and therefore I have to repick up my cross, but you give me new mercies or the idea of when I'm weak, you are strong and carrying a cross is tiring. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm going to die to myself. And so I need your Holy spirit. I need you Holy spirit to actually be the strength inside of me to, to help me to choose the things that my soul needs, not the things that my flesh desire. Right. Um, or, uh, with living an others focused life, you look at Mark 12 and the greatest two commandments and how they're really tied to each other, that by loving God, you love others. And when you love others, you're demonstrating your love for God. Um, or you look at Philippians, too and and the way that Jesus embodied life I, I just love the way that Philippians 2 outlines um, the way Jesus went about doing what he did of coming to earth and taking on um, flesh and humbling himself to be obedient to death even death on a cross or you look at Ephesians 4 and the unity of the body you look at John 17 and how Jesus prays for disciples to be unified with each other John 15 and how that we can't do anything unless we remain connected to the vine like he is the source of our strength and um and to remain connected to the vine we have to die to our flesh in order to be alive in christ you know that goes back to galatians that i no longer live but christ lives in me so like when you look at all these it's like wow it's like it all works together (laughs) like it it actually Mm -hmm. correlates with one another it's not just this choppy i mean sometimes it can feel a little choppy right but it's not just these like choppy 66 books that are thrust together um but there's one narrative pointing to jesus um, the Old Testament's pointing to him coming to save us from our sin and from ourselves. Um, and the New Testament is is teaching us really how to live out of that, uh, out of being saved and in that freedom in order to share with others the freedom that we've experienced in Christ, right? Like, so like, it's all pointing to and around Jesus and how to live our lives like Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. And I I don't think he coined the phrase, but like our our executive pastor said the phrase a few months back where he goes, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make um, trapped people free or dead people alive. Might have been dead people alive, (laughs) but um, he didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. Um, And so that idea of like, yes, we, Jesus did teach some morals, right? He, He taught to love your neighbor well, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a, that's a good thing. Um, 
but that's not the goal of what he did. He came to demonstrate love for us so that out of our love of him and out of his love for us, we would in turn live a life that he's calling us to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that was just in thought. <laughs> Hard stop. Hard stop in thought. Well, that was really good. So just the like reminder to play the long game. Mm-hmm. Super easy to succumb to our flesh in a moment because we feel it like so much. And like whatever this thing is that I'm about to do might feel better for mm-hmm. a hot second or yep. a few hours. But ultimately you lose. Mm-hmm. And you lose more each time and you weaken your resolve each time. Mm -hmm. But every time and anyone who has struggled with um, a negative coping mechanism or an addiction or a sinful habit and has overcome knows what this is. Mm -hmm. Right. The, The moment you say yes to sin again, you weaken your resolve. But every time you say yes to the spirit, like God's word talks about being no longer being slaves to sin, but being slaves to righteousness. Like mm-hmm. we're going to be a slave to something. Yep. We get to choose which one. So saying yes to righteousness, yes to being a slave to righteousness means it's going to be harder in a moment to ride that wave of, um, oh, what's the word? I like have to do this. The urge, like mm. ride the wave of the urge to do whatever it is you're wanting to do. That it does calm that that wave isn't always super high, right? Waves ebb and flow. Mm. But if you can ride that urge and come over the other side, there, that is a part of strengthening your resolve. And you can't ride that wave by yourself. You need Jesus. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to get you through that moment, to tell you what to do, to remind you like why you're doing what you're doing. Because I believe God gives us so many blessings in this life. And when we obey, he just blesses us so much. It might not look the way we think we it should or that it, it's going to. And sometimes it comes after a period of time when you're suddenly seeing fruit. But for the most part, I feel like there are often you're just doing a lot of these little things that um, really are just over the long game, building up your character. Mm-hmm. And we will reap the reward in eternity. Yep. Because this world is going to push against everything that Jesus stood for. It always mm-hmm. has. It crucified him. Like, that, yeah. It's We're not supposed to be of the world. We're in the world, but not of it. So when people, like Jesus even says, blessed are you when people revile you, you know, for my sake. That when you don't fit in because you're standing up for Jesus, that doesn't mean you need to change something so that you fit in mm. and your flesh feels better. Yeah. Um, I just don't know if anyone needs to hear that today. It's not that you're doing something wrong if you don't fit into the world. <laughs> it's that you might actually be living and standing for truth. Um, so play the long game. Like and be I in do, it for I the do want to say like, Playing the long game doesn't give license to justify. Like, oh, I'll take care of that tomorrow. Oh, sure. Or, oh, yeah. I have my whole life to get right with Jesus. I can live it up now. Like, no, that's not what we're, talk- we're talking about. That even when you're making the hard decisions and you're not seeing the fruits or you're not sensing certain things, like, it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and having grace with yourself that just because you make a mistake— you know, as Paul writes, I do the things that I do not want to do and the things that I want to do, I, I do them. I got that backwards. But anyways, um, but it, when we mess up, having grace with ourselves because it, it is a long game and his mercies are new every day. And so receiving those mercies, but trying to make the best decision um, by following the leading of the Holy Spirit in each and every moment of our lives rather than just justifying our actions and mm-hmm. saying like, oh, it'll be okay. Yeah. Well, and the whole, like, I have my whole life. Yeah, you do, but you don't know how long your life is. Yep. There's just, man, 
there's such a, a gravity with that and yet such a reprieve when you are surrendered to Jesus in it. Cause then there's hope, like mm-hmm. no matter how long your life is, yep. he will use it for his glory and his will. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's not about us. It's not, I've just been overwhelmed lately at how much it's not and how hard it is to live and surrender and to sacrifice my flesh. So, yeah, yeah, just wanted to, I don't know. I, I guess I'm hoping that someone needed to hear that and say like, yeah, that's been freaking hard for me too. Or mm-hmm. uh, maybe you're not in that space, but you want to be, <laughs> or maybe yeah. you've been there before and you can be praying for me and other people who are in the midst of dying to themselves every day. But the old Haley would want to run from this because it's hard. Mm-hmm. But in fact, this is where I need to push in deeper with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Or so, maybe you feel convicted right now and you haven't made the hard decision because it's hard. Yeah. So wherever you are on that that path, I pray that you choose to die to yourself each day and pick up your cross and follow Jesus because it's the only way. He is the only way. Mm-hmm. You can choose another way, but he is the only way. You want to pray for people (laughs) who are listening? Sure. God, our Father, we are grateful before you for our lives and the breath that you put in our lungs, for the spaces you've put us in, even when it's hard, for the families you've put us in, even if we wish we weren't in them. God, whatever space anybody is in where they're listening to this right now, I just ask in the name of Jesus that you meet them there with the power of your presence, that you fill them with yourself, with wisdom and discernment, with boldness to listen to your voice and to choose to obey it, even when it means dying to self. Holy Spirit, I pray that you alighten our eyes to see what you want us to see, that you take scales off of our eyes, that you alight any grievous way in us, grievous way in our hearts, anything that is against you, anything that we're latching onto that is not you. God, would you remove it? Would you prune it from us? I pray that people's hearts and minds would just be willing and open to having you work inside of them. Turn stone hearts into hearts of flesh. Mold us and make us like you. Jesus, you know what it's like to die on the cross, and you walk with us. Would you show us what it means, each of us in the place that we're in, to die to ourselves today, and then show us what that means tomorrow. And God, when we are weak, remind us that you are strong, and give us the resolve to make the hard choice even when it's so hard. God, be with those who are mourning. Be with those who feel hopeless. Be with those who feel forgotten. Let them know that you see them, that you're with them, that you are hope and healer, that you are love. We surrender this time to you and just ask that you bless it in all the ways that you want to, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody. I hope you have an awesome week. See you later.